Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Got Your Back, post-game live stream edition. Jason Strudwick and Rob Brown are standing by to break down yet another Oiler defeat. Seven games into the season, and the post-game F-bomb count is now at two. Frustration is set in. About time. Shut out on a night where one of the better defensive defensemen the team has ever seen and one of the more dynamic creators the orders give up three well four and don't score any there's some sort of irony there got your back brought to you by gmc our proud title sponsor did you make it to their friday the 13th event because it was a doozy 50 cars they moved it takes a special kind of dealership to put on an event like that and move 50 vehicles that's because their process is streamlined they don't waste your time They are efficient at Sherwood Buick GMC. If you purchase a newer used vehicle and you drop the podcast name, you'll receive specialized pricing. You'll also get three free ultimate detail packages. Just had my car detailed. Oh, it's nice. So make sure you visit Phil and the crew, Sherwood Buick GMC, just off Baseline Road. On the way into Sherwood Park, you can check them out online, gmcpod.com. As we welcome Jason Strudwick into our Long Shot Studio. Amazing golf and a fantastic sports bar experience. It's a great place to watch the game. Check out longshots.ca. So we've got Struddy in studio here. We got Brownie on the phone. Rob Brown, are you there? I am here. I'm excited to be hanging out with you guys from afar. First time <laughs> caller, long, long time listener, I assume. Well, actually, no, I've never listened to you guys. So first-time caller, first-time listener. <laughs> what a smart-ass. So you're just finishing up your post-game show with Reed Wilkins over on Ched. I can only imagine how how bad did the calls get, Brownie? Well, the last caller we had thought that the Oilers needed uh, a Daryl Sutter to come in and coach. We were getting a lot of coaches' phone calls. And the last oh, one boy. thinks that Daryl Sutter is the answer to the Edmonton Oilers. So, it, <sighs> there's, as you know, and you're, you're going to hear with the F-bomb with Darnell Nurse, it is a frustrating time right now for Edmonton Oilers players and for Edmonton Oilers fans. No kidding. Struddy, should we start with some, I don't know, some good news? Like, Jay Woodcroft did provide a Connor McDavid update, so maybe that's where we'll start. McDavid skated today. Jay Woodcroft said he had a good day. No further update on when he might be available, but there you go, Oiler fans. You can kind of chew on that for like five or six seconds, and then we're going to start shredding because it's just flipping necessary tonight. Yeah, you know what? It's yeah, the, the Connor McDavid. It's I mean, obviously for that game, you want to see him wheeling around there, and I, I I will have a hard time believing if he's these wouldn't be out there. I think he'll be out there, but it's not like it's one player away, right? It's not that they're one thing away. And I think that's, 
that's where that's where they're at. The team's at right. It's it's it seems to be a general issue across the team. Um, a fired up Connor McDavid is a very great weapon to have, but there's still about you know whatever. What is he? Thirty five other minutes. He's not on the ice. Yep, for sure. All right, guys, let's get to the breakdown. Brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel, Edmonton's heavy duty diesel truck repair shop, specializing in heavy duty commercial truck and trailer repair, performance tuning, and parts sales. Here in Edmonton, with seven bays, they've got a vast dealer network, their highly reviewed customer support team, and professional diesel mechanics are ready to assist you with all of your needs. Visit AdrenalineDiesel.ca. Okay, I just came from the locker room, and I'm telling you guys, it was a different feel in there tonight than it has been after any of the other losses where I've been in the room after or we've watched post game. To this point, they've been trying to maintain a positive face, and it's still early, and we know we'll get ourselves out of this. Tonight I walked in and stood face-to-face with some players, some veteran players, who clearly have had it and are pissed off. There was, I won't call it a players-only meeting, but there was some conversation after this game. It took the media. We we, We didn't get in the room right away because whatever was going on was going on. My understanding is there were some good words from the veterans, and it now becomes about accountability among the group. So we're going to break down the goals against and all that kind of stuff. But Struds, I'm telling you, there was a different feel in that room. I can't help but think it maybe should have been that way two or three games ago. But tonight, there were agitated players, and we're going to hear from some of them. Well, of course, you know, you look at where the start they've had. It's not even close to what they want. They're, you know, they're second last in the league. This is the team that, you know, they expect to compete for the Stanley Cup. They still can, but it hasn't got off to that start. So I think getting to the part where you're angry is is very normal. And I think it's healthy. You know, you 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 play to the ledge, maybe think a little bit less, you know, or, or are more uh, just playing on your toes rather than reactive. And I think that you need to have a little bit of anger, a little bit of pushback here. And, and not, not necessarily towards the other team maybe towards your teammates, a little bit of frustration, and just shake things up a bit. You know, you can't always be uh, best buddies here, uh, Brownie. Well, I agree. I, I think maybe the Oilers should just think less about what they need to do and just go out and play angry. Play with emotion. Play with urgency. Right. Don't worry about all the X's and O's, because right now we haven't seen an Oilers team come out with an anger in their game where they were a physical beast. We saw it out of Evander Kane tonight and last game but he's one of the few that we've seen it and when he plays that way he's better so with the whole oiler team so yeah i think that there was an expectation they'd be better when it didn't come in the first couple days there's a oh don't panic we're gonna be all right but now it hasn't turned the corner and tonight that second period tonight might have been the worst period of the year they were that bad in that period so maybe angry on the ice play with it because they have played with a lack of emotion in most of the games this year, and right now they're one five and one because of it. So a couple things come up post game, and we'll hear from Zach Hyman in a minute here, and and Darnell Nurse. Um, Jay Woodcroft says their effort level was intermittent on second and third chances, and Zach Hyman talked about, you know, it's hard to score goals, right? You got to work hard to score goals, and they're not working hard enough to score goals. Here they are, one win on the season. It's getting to be situation, not critical, but situation super shitty. And the last thing that should be a topic post-game for any Euler game right now is any 
question of effort level, will want Jay Woodcroft saying they're not willing to bleed to score goals. That, to me, is the biggest red flag here, that the situation is what it is, Struds, and we're hearing comments about work ethic, will, want, determination. That should be a given, and that, to me, is damning of this team's mind space right now. Well, when you when you hear as a player that you're, those things are being questioned by your coach, I mean, I I would be very upset. Not 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 at my coach. Well, I guess maybe at my coach, but I would just be in generally really upset that those things are being challenged about myself and my teammates. Um, and I, I think he's right in a lot of ways. You know, I I was watching the game saying the thing I kept seeing from the orders and and my thought process is they slide by the net. So there's maybe just think there's maybe a loose rebound instead of stopping right on it. They kind of slide by and slack, you know, kind of whack at it, but they're out of the out of the paint again, instead of just stopping and kind of battling on on a consistent level. And it's hard, like the front of the net is hard. Uh, you know, how many times do we see Jonathan Quick kind of reach up and grab an apple off the tree, right? Like yeah. there was there was no one in front of him. So, you know, those when when the pucks aren't flying in the net for you, it, it's just hard. You it, it's just harder to do it. But you have to find a way to play a harder brand of game to manufacture those brownie. Well. So tonight in the game, do you guys remember the shift where there was a rebound? Evander Kane was sticking his stick in there. Quick actually had it for about three, four seconds, but Evander mm -hmm. Kane and Connor Brown were both there. Do you guys remember that shift? Yeah, yeah. Yep. That, that one moment? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you remember it because that was the only time it happened in this <laughs> hockey game. Yeah, yeah. But really, there, the others, there was never a pushing and shoving in front of, uh, of Quick tonight. There wasn't battle for... Uh, to get a tip. There wasn't a battle for a rebound. The Oilers so far in a lot of the games this year have been perimeter teams. And the Oilers, in days of old, they were a perimeter team. Then they got Hyman. Then they got Kane. Then they got Brown. And they became much better in the blue paint. They have not been this year. And goes to what Woodcroft was talking about, having the lead to win, to, to score goals. The Oilers are not going anywhere near that blue paint. And Jonathan Quick is a 37-year-old future Hall of Famer who did not have to work tonight to get a shutout. And I think that's the biggest thing right now. If you're an Oilers team, it's not just the defensive miscues. Tonight, they didn't make Jonathan Quick have to work in a game that the Oilers should have had urgency and desperation, and they had neither. Alumni in the building, right? Big celebration before. I don't know if this stuff means anything to the players or not. I have no idea. But that second period in front of in front of that level of alumni uh, in this situation i mean in our second segment we're going to talk a little bit about big picture what might be wrong with this team bigger picture i'm going to focus on tonight for right now but big picture feels like some things got broken pretty early on this season let's get to the weiss johnson soundbox uh listen if you're listening to this in podcast form in the morning and you got your kids in the car, cover their ears for the next 10 seconds or so, because <laughs> it's a podcast. So we're going to let you hear it, but a frustrated Darnell nurse post game. Zuby, go ahead and roll it. Yeah. We got to be better. Like to a man. That's as simple as that. Um, that's the dialogue. Everyone knows, you know, it's easy to point fingers and whatnot. I mean, we got everyone just look in the, in the mirror at this point and be a whole lot fucking better. Right. So, I mean, Blunt, and I asked him about accountability. That was the question I asked both him and Hyman about, like, where's the accountability at? How do you how do you pull that out of one another? And that was the answer that he gave me about that. Uh, we'll stick with the Weiss Johnson soundbox here. I think we've got one from Zach Hyman as well. Uh, Zuby? 
we're an offensive team. We scored zero goals today. You know, like that. You, we blame you know a lot of the, the blames on our D zone, our defensive system, our, our defense. We didn't score anything today. You know, so there's no there's no finger pointing. It's everybody in the room has to take a step and elevate their game like we know we can. Like we are a team that that has been, you know, to finish the year. Like we're, we're caught up in last year. We've we got to flip the page. Like we're, 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 we're this year's team, and, and we have great players in, in this locker room that can elevate their game. And collectively, enough guys do that, we start winning hockey games. Leon Dreisaitl and Darnell Nurse need to be excellent when Connor McDavid is not in the lineup. They're two of the most veteran leader leaders that this team has, and they both need to be excellent. And Strud's, I don't think either guy had great nights tonight. And Leon's put up some points this year, and he's had some good moments and everything. But with McDavid on the shelf, he needs to bring his highest end game, and I don't think he has so far. It does, to me, you know, live, he doesn't look like he's kind of skating like we know he can. And uh, maybe that's part because they're, they're doing a good job of kind of taking away space and time further up the ice. I think he's getting frustrated. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And then, you know, for Darnell, you know, he you know, it's two, he was on for a couple goals today, and I thought both he had a pretty uh, pretty loose gap control. Um, and, and for a guy who's so athletic and takes up so much space, you kind of want to see him get up that ice and squeeze off um, more of it. Like the, I think it was the second goal, Schneider's goal. You know, he's, he's, he's got a soft gap and he bends down to block it. And I think it goes over his uh, left side. And I'm not sure if Skinner was screened or not. It looked like he was, but top shelf, boom, from a D-man, right? That's not, uh, you know, Ray Bork shooting that puck. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it, it's a it's at times it's unfair to expect more from those guys, but that's the job. When you're a leader wearing an A in your jersey, you're, you, you need to step up and be a – be more accountable is a bit wrong, but you got to just lead the way and play hard. Uh, you know, I, I you look at CC, Vinny Darnay, and Kulak, not the leaders that are back in, but those three guys accounted for zero hits today, zero, which is pretty hard to to to, to grasp, Brownie. When you're looking at a, you know, you've lost that many games in a row. I I would be trying to run everyone, including the the people cleaning the ice. <laughs> well, and, and I agree, and we saw when. Evander Kane got frustrated with his ice time a couple games ago. He went out and looked for a fight. And the next game he went out and looked for some big hits. And I'm the same way. When when I get mad or frustrated, I would try to run someone. And it, normally they didn't notice, but it made me feel like I was more <laughs> part of the game. And but that in but you're not seeing that. But they Leon needs to be better. Yes. Nurse needs to be better. But what I like, and it was in the sound bites there. This is the first time that these guys have talked about the frustration and talked about the accountability. And you can feel it in their, their voices that they are distraught over the way it's going. All the other games, you know what? It's early in the season. We're going to be fine. We got a good team. But this is the first time there's like, you know what? I'm sick of this. And I think they need, you said, Ryan, they needed to be like this a couple games ago. But they are there now. Hopefully, this is what they need to take into the next game, and they play with anger. But yeah, right now, uh, the frustration is, is there because this is a team that is one five and one on the season, and in this game tonight and the game against Minnesota the other day, there was no chance they were winning either of those hockey games. They were the second best team on the ice, and it was a considerable margin. 
Man, oh man. Uh, over on the Weiss Johnson Twitter mentions, by the way, Weiss Johnson, heating and air conditioning, has 45 years in the business. So if you need a new furnace, garage heater, air conditioner, hot water tank, or any of those things serviced, they are the place to go. Edmonton's number one choice for heating, uh, air conditioning, and plumbing services. Weiss Johnson, Weiss Johnson, whoa. Freezer Bag says the Rangers were not any good tonight. We made them look decent. I don't know if I agree with that, Freezer Bag. I think the Rangers had some real good moments. And I know, Strudz, you're going to talk a little bit later on about pretty dynamic player that they have in Struddy's world. Um, you know, I don't think that they were dominated by a Rangers team that was firing in all cylinders tonight, though, Brownie. Like the Oilers, you know, and they had some good looks in this game. It's not like the Oilers were putrid for the whole night. They probably played 30 some decent minutes. Um, but again, the bottom falls out on this team so flipping fast. Think about that third period the other night. Think about the second period tonight. They show up with the right stuff, and the bottom falls out, and they can't stop it and turn it around. Well, you're right. And to the, to the Twitter um, gentleman's point, yeah, the Rangers didn't have to create a whole lot themselves because the Oilers gave them their opportunities. Second period, now this is just off the top of my head. The Rangers had two breakaways. They had a two-on-oh. They had two two-on-ones. They had a number of three-on-ones and three-on-twos. They had odd man break after odd man break. And those aren't them creating with long stretch passes, sneaking behind players. Those are just Oilers making bad decisions. The, a great example, and you guys, I don't know if you've talked, you're going to talk about it later, but the, the Adam Fox gets a breakaway in this game tonight where he was standing still in the neutral zone. So 10 feet outside the, blue, the Oilers' blue line, the puck comes to him. He just starts skating forward. Everyone moved away from it. Darnell Nurse turned the opposite way, went towards the board. so bizarre. And all of a sudden, so bizarre. And all of a sudden, Adam Fox goes in on a breakaway. Like, I bet you if you would ask him after the game, did that surprise you? He would have, I was shocked as hell. The I was just going to dump it in him. and all of a yeah, sudden I got a breakaway. Was crazy. So, yes, the, the, the Oilers, their big mistakes, Ryan, are so big. So big. And that's why these Oilers goaltenders the last two games have had good games, yet they've still given up 10 goals in a two-game stretch. What's crazy about that play is that Adam Fox is probably the slowest player on the ice. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's incredible. And, and and that's not a, a disservice to Fox. He's just not a fast guy, right? But you, you look at some moments, like you know, you get towards the end of the first period, and, and Skinner makes that huge save on that on, on an odd man rush, a two on one. I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe there's something here. Hyman almost scores at the end of the first period. Like, okay, there's something there. Then they come out and bang, bang, bang. You know, they, they all of a sudden now there's a couple goals. And this is what they talked about. You know, Leon, I think it was Leon Drysdale talked about stopping the bleeding at one rather than let it kind of get to get to two or three in a short time. Um, and, and forever, well, they haven't been able to make that mental shift yet. And, and it's, it, it's a challenge. I think that, you know, they are working on a new system. I think it, there is some, some, some adjustment. There is for sure adjustment period to that. But some of the things that they're breaking down are fundamental defending flaws. Like these aren't systematic. They're just basic things you need to keep, like a good gap. That any, any system... There's no system to say, you know what, we're going to have a soft gap here, or we're not going to protect the middle, or I'm not going to be between my man in the middle of the net, or or whatever, like stick on pocket, whatever. Those are all just fundamental skills you need to have to defend as a forwarder D in your end or off the rush. Yeah. Which goal was it to the Lafreniere goal? 
you know, the Oilers had they had one more skater than the Rangers did. The Oilers had four guys on the play, and the Rangers had three, and the Rangers were still able to stretch them out and seam it across the ice. And I believe maybe some debate. People on the stream can debate it a little bit. I believe it was uh, Zach Hyman had his stick up ice instead of down ice, and I think his stick needed to be in that lane. Kulak might have backed in a little bit. But even in situations where it looks like they're safe, they still find ways to make mistakes. And it's, it's you know, they, they create dangerous situations out of nothing for themselves against Struds. What did you see on that one? Yeah. Uh, my notes, Kulak soft gap, right? So he's got to stay up more. If he has a stick up, he, he, I think he takes a look and sees Lafreniere there, but he still backs up enough for that pass to zing through. Uh, so he's not on the shooting lane. He's on the passing lane. So that that's where I, I think that you're when you feel nervous about your game or you're not confident about it. For I know personally, and I, I often I, I I never had a good gap. So I was always backing in, backing in. You're sitting on your goalie's lap. You need to push out more, push out and take away that time and space. And I mean Lafreniere, I think that's his third goal in three games. He's he's feeling it. Mm-hmm. But you know that's a pretty like Brownie. That's a pretty easy shot. It comes across. You're set up. There's no pressure on you. You should be able to tap this in for a skilled player, no? Oh, I agree. That I mean, all he's doing is hitting the net. You're not picking yeah. the corner. You're just hitting the net. But if you've got that much time, and the, as you said, the puck's coming straight across, the only thing you worry about is, as a player is, oh, is it going to get tipped? But that wasn't even – no one was in the lane. So he's yeah. just – he's a skilled player. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to hit the net. Skinner has zero chance. Zero chance on that one. But if I recall, and it was, I think it's that goal where it was BC had the puck at the blue line. He was going to dump it in. But again, the Oilers just backed right up. And all of a sudden he's like, okay, I'll, I'm going to take a step across the blue line because nobody's forcing me. And it goes to your point, Strud. I was an offensive player. If you gave me room and I'm, you allow me to come across the blue line, now you're in trouble because now I've got so many more things I can do. If you tried to stand me up at the blue line, now you're forcing me to make my decision early. The others aren't forcing opposition teams to make that decision early. They're giving them extra time, and that's what's killing them right now. Now you're getting skilled players being able to pick you apart because they've crossed the blue line. That's the hardest part for an offensive player, getting the puck across the blue line. Once you're there, now you've got a million different things you can do, and we saw that tonight with the Rangers. Yeah, it's a great point. Schneider with the long-range snap. I mean, uh, you know, it'd be good if Skinner from that distance can find that. I would say, but I, this is not. This is another night where I, I, we're not blaming the goalies for this loss tonight. I mean, they're 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 on the list, but down the list of reasons why Struds. And I think that's been the case on a lot of nights. They're on the list, but they're down it. Yeah, I mean, you know, people talk about the the expected goals against and when where the Oilers goaltenders rank, and I, I think there's a better version of those two goalies. But you're right on the list of my my biggest threats to this team's success moving forward. I, I don't have them at the top for sure. Um, it's it'd be nice if they could steal you a game, and I think yeah. they've had moments like last last game, the, the second period, Campbell tried. Uh, I mentioned the Skinner save that probably should have been a goal. Now, maybe the shooters to blame a bit for missing that shot, but still he made the save. So there, there are trying to keep those guys afloat and get it going and create energy out of it. But it doesn't seem to be resonating with the players just yet. And that, that, that okay, guys, that was a save we needed. Let's go back and now take it to yeah. them. 
Brown, any thought on that? Well, it's a good, it's a good point by Strud, where, where he points out the save. The save at the end of the first period. When you say you want a goalie to steal, steal you a game, well, there's where he stole a goal away. So come out the next period, you've just got that one where, okay, we just survived that. Now let's go forward. Instead, they give up three. The game in Minnesota, Campbell stole the first 40 minutes. Your others yeah. had no way should they have been ahead going into the third period. So their goalie, the two goalies have given them the steals, but the Oilers players are not doing anything with it. They fell apart in the third period in, in Minnesota. And then today, after that big save that you'd think would have you going in the second, they fell apart again in the second period against the Rangers. So uh, no goals. That, I don't, we get phone calls on our show saying the Oilers need to go out and get another goalie. Goalie's not the issue right now. It's the play in front of the goalies that are the issue. Play better in front of them, the goalies will make more saves. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. All right, Brownie, good stuff, man. Thanks for joining us on your drive home. Uh, much appreciated. And I think uh, our next pod, I think, is going to be Sunday night. Oh. So uh, hopefully uh, it'll be after the Heritage. Like we'll all get back home and regroup. So maybe we'll have a chance to chat with you on Sunday night. Sounds good. Take care, guys. All right. That is the fantastic Rob Brown, whose appearance is, by the way, brought to you by Kin Prince. Did you know if you're a new company, Kinprint can help you with logo design and branding as well. They got a great creative staff over there. Also, if you need any swag for your company, hats, printed mugs, shirts, whatever you need, Kinprint has you covered. That was the breakdown as well, brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel. Okay, bigger picture in our next segment. Where did this team get so badly broken? Maybe they just aren't as good as everybody thought they were. Are they not as deep as people thought they were? the heck is going on in the big picture? Strud's and I are going to dive into that. Struddy's world will follow. And then lots of great comments coming in on the stream. So we'll get to those. Zuby is collecting the best of behind the scenes. So very short break. And we'll go big picture on what the hell's going on when we come back. Hey, everyone. It's Kelly here from United Sport and Cycle. The wait is over. United's annual hockey day sale is finally here. Save 20% off on select CCM and Bauer skates. Save 35% off on all Bauer and CCM Pro Stock sticks. And save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior, and CCM goal gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. All right, time now for takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsports. The snow has arrived. Ride in style this winter. You might as well. In new snow or sledding gear from Martin Motorsports. Carrying brands like Clem 509 to be, and of course, Skidoo. And their new 2024 lineup of winter gear is available now. Use Got Your Back at checkout for 20 bucks off your next order from Martin Motorsports online store. That's Got Your Back at checkout for their online store. Ships right to your door. 
Or you can check out their shops in West or South Edmonton. A couple of fantastic locations. MartinMotorsports.ca Okay, bigger picture discussion about what we're seeing and what might be wrong here, Struds. I wonder the effects of an 8-1 slobber knocking in the season opener for this group. All this Stanley Cup hype, and they get absolutely embarrassed in game number one. I don't know if they reacted wrong to that. I don't know if they didn't take it serious enough. Maybe they should have been a little bit less. We know we're better than that, and let's be positive and move on, and a little bit more drawing a line in the sand about what will and won't be acceptable. I don't know. I wasn't behind the scenes. I don't know the way the whole thing was handled. But do you think that an 8-1 loss right at the start of the season was a, a kick in the pants that this team is having trouble fully finding its confidence after? Yeah, it's an interesting angle to take, Shogger. Um, you know what? I, I think it, it, it predates that. And I, I'm going to go double down on a comment I made before. I, I believe that this team was not emotionally engaged to start the year um, before. I, 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 I do think that they're looking ahead um, you know, to, to whatever, game 40, game 60, game 83, once the playoffs started. And they, were, they weren't focused on just the day-to-day tasks that requires to be ready. So that game was definitely... Uh, probably caught them off guard and I don't think they've been able to get on track but not because of that game I just think that they were not um, engaged and ready to go at the levels required for a league that's coming for you right everyone's picking you to, to be one of the top what five teams that could win the Stanley Cup and everyone wants a shot at you you have two of the world's best players that have just torn the league apart points wise people are tired of being embarrassed and they're coming at you so I think it's before that I honestly think they weren't ready for the season uh, at the level required. Okay. So let's talk systems and strategy for a minute here then. There's been lots of talk about the defensive system, and it has changed. Mm-hmm. Jay Woodcroft will debate how much it's affected their goals against. But I'm here to tell you, like Sport Logic statistics heading into this game will tell you that for inner slot shots, I think there were 32nd against. Mm-hmm. And for... Uh, slot shots, I think they were like 28th. This system that they implemented is designed to try and take away opportunities in the middle of the ice. Fundamentally, it's more of a collapsed system. Yeah. It's supposed to keep things to the outside. So their goals against are saying it ain't working. The analytics on the middle of the ice battle are saying it ain't working. Excuse me. You know, I guess the question I would ask you, Struds, was was this necessary? If they got a little bit better goaltending in the playoffs, maybe the results are different. The Oilers were the best team in the league down the stretch and a fantastic good team for the last seven games of the regular season. And yeah, the wheels fell off in the playoffs defensively. But did this staff overreact by bringing this new system in to a group that had shown it could be pretty tight defensively through a regular season anyways? I've been very strong in my feelings. You have to explore everything. When you're trying to get to a Stanley Cup final, you have to look at everything, right? Every every single detail of your game from individuals to team play to coaches, deployment of players, everything, everything from the guys you're calling up for the minors, even your scouting, everything. And so I think looking at their D zone coverage was important. Um, They were good, I'd say, from let's just call it post picking up back home. I think they were 
they're really solid defensively. Yeah, I Before think they that, were. I, I might be wrong about this stat. I think they might have been fourth best in the league goals against per game from the trade deadline in. Yeah, and, and that that's that's very healthy. That's a very healthy pace. Oh. But overall, I believe, if I remember correctly, I think they were seventeenth in goals against. Right? If I if I remember correctly, for last year. Mm-hmm. So you know that that the totality of the season paints a different picture than the last thirty. Um. So. I do. I do think that I, I was in favor of, of changing this type of system, if you think it's going to have a, a good impact. But there there comes adjustment periods, and there's going to be growing pains getting this done. And I know that you asked Darnell, and he's he doesn't feel there is a challenge, but I think there is a challenge when you're changing. And that I think you know, even as I was sitting there watching today, I felt that the communication isn't is there is not there that's required to play this, because. Basically, what you're doing, everyone kind of gets a zone in your own in your end, right? You get an area of the ice that is kind of yours, and someone comes leaves. You wait for someone to come else in, and then that's your that's your guy. And there needs to be warning from from a guy's going from right to left. You say, "Hey, here he comes, Shogun. This is your guy. Okay, I got this guy." Like, there's got to be a lot of talk. And the idea, you're right, is to collapse and stay in front of your net and make it harder to get there. But instead, it's not working that way. You have almost a more spread out system. And people aren't guarding their area of the ice. So, um, you know, I, I think you need to have more practice time that's dedicated to just this, to just communicating and working out in your own zone. And, you know, I, I understand what Zach Hyman was talking about scoring goals, but I, I just, I, I'm more about the defensive end. That's got to be tighter, uh, much tighter, and, and get it refined. I had somebody who whose opinion I respect deeply on the tactics side of things suggested mm. to me tonight that the neutral zone has been worse than the defensive zone okay. in that the way that they're allowing the other teams to attack the way they're breaking down and allowing other teams to attack with speed and odd man, odd man rushes and such and i thought that was an interesting point and maybe speaking a little bit to what woodcroft has been talking about where the actual breakdowns in the d zone are maybe not the biggest issue there are other areas of the ice um you know that have been a big problem sure. for this team okay so did the Canucks break them to start the season? Maybe. Maybe their confidence hasn't come back. Did the coaches overthink it, implementing a new system? You were in favor of it. I, I think that's a little bit in hindsight of me. That's a little bit – I don't know if I'd say it's unfair, but because I wasn't saying it at the start of the year. If I'd have been saying it at the start of the year, what are they changing this for? Like They, they weren't that mm-hmm. bad defensively, right? So maybe that isn't quite fair. Here's another idea then, Struds. Are they just not as good as everyone thought? Is this roster just not as good and not as deep as people would have thought? I mean, my goodness, I'm looking at a third-line center that has done basically nothing all season and can't win a face-off to save his life. We're looking at, at, uh, at, at defensemen who are in a mad scramble just to put a half-decent game together. We're looking at supplementary scorers who haven't been putting up enough points. I mean, how many players on this team? I'll count them. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are eight players on this team who have more than a single point this season. Mm-hmm. And they're seven games in. Is it just not as good a team as we thought it was? Well, the team is basically the same as last year. Right, I mean, you're you're missing Bukestad, you're missing Clem uh, Costin. The depth uh, is Dev- different, though, isn't it? Dev- Devin Shore, but I guess my point is, did it without those? Let's call. Am I missing anyone else? So Yamamoto, Yamamoto, I guess as well. 
without those four players, are they, do they go from a top 10 team to a bottom five team? Right? Like, I think there's some players that are really underperforming on this group and, and not living up to their potential and what they should be doing. I think we all, all the D-men could probably get a little bit better or improve. You know, I don't know Vinny and Broberg really, but uh, the other five for sure. And I look up front, you know, you, you got Hyman, um, you know, you mentioned McLeod. Fogel's been pretty solid. I think Leon can find another gear. Nuge can find another gear. There's a lot of guys that can find another gear. So I don't think that they're worse than we thought they were. I think they're a guy that are improve, they're performing much worse than we expected to. And it's like everyone's in a funk right now. The whole team is in a funk. Um, you can maybe count on one hand players that aren't you know, in that deep funk. Man, yeah, this and it's just dragging on. I mean, you, you would have thought they would have found found mm -hmm. a way. They're not finding the answers though through just sheer grit and hard work and back to basics. Control what you can control. Be physical. Outwork the other team. Don't lose mm -hmm. puck battles. There's there's a level of desperation that they should be playing with that they haven't been and that's head scratching like that's really head scratching that for whatever reason the desperation level that they're maybe they're not taking their record seriously enough maybe they're I saying so much it's early it's early maybe they haven't allowed themselves to be as desperate as they need to be maybe they need to be scared about just how bad this is getting and where it's going and how bad it'll be if it doesn't turn around i i don't know but for some reason desperation is lacking in a team that's hurtling itself into a quickly desperate situation. I, I, I would think it'd be unlikely that they don't appreciate where they're at. Like, I, I really think that they understand how bad this is going. You know, you, you, I don't care. You know, I, I played on teams that were expectations are rather high, not Stanley Cup winning high, but rather high. And you wanted to come up perform. And I was on bad teams where I knew we'd have a trouble winning. But when you see your name at the bottom of the standings, Right, the orders. What are they in thirty? Is it thirty first, thirtieth place? Whatever it is. Yeah, I'll check here. You know how that would be. You're behind the Blackhawks, right? The behind the Blackhawks. Thirty first place. Yeah. So you feel sick about that? Like I, I, I would go home tonight. I'd have a hard time sleeping if I was on the team. You know, even when I was on a bad team when we lose, and I knew we were supposed to lose, I'd still feel sick about it. So imagine being on this level where you're like you're supposed to win or be a winning team, and you are just floundering out of the gate. So I think that they appreciate where they're at. Um, I, I wonder if what's not selling is a little bit of freezer burn is what I would call it, where you're, you're just, you know, you're, you're kind of just caught in between. You're not sure what to do now. You're second guessing like, okay, well, we changed a bit of the system, but we're supposed to be a good team, but we're not getting it done. And then I'm struggling as an individual because I haven't scored yet. You know, our PK is struggling. Our power play is okay, but it's not as good as it was last year. Like, Everything is just kind of coming down on them at one time, Shogger. I think their head is spinning. I honestly think this team, uh, their heads are probably collectively spinning with what's going on, um, and they're seeing things slipping away rather quickly here. The mistakes compound. The confidence is slipping. I think their confidence yeah. took a massive kick early on in the season. When they didn't counterpunch properly from getting embarrassed, that will suck the will out of a group in a lot of ways i think when, when it's everybody takes a beating now and then but when you don't counter punch as a group when you don't appropriately respond 
I think that takes the wind out of sails big time. And we've seen multiple times that's happened already this season. This is ugly, man. This is ugly. And the season is almost, a, you know, we're almost through 10% of the season. And it's not even close to where it needs to be. The good news for the Oilers, they barely play any games. Barely play any games here over the next seven, eight days, whatever it is. Schedule's back there. And that's this is the perfect point in the schedule for McDavid to have been injured because they, they barely play any game. So however long he's going to be, they cannot get that guy back fast enough. And talk about, a, I mean, this Heritage Classic on Saturday. The Flames, four losses in a row. Just a train wreck happening there too. Something's going to give for somebody on, on Sunday. Well, they, they can be each other's... Uh you know, tonic to, to help, to help them out. Now, tomorrow the Oilers have a day off and, you know, you, you, you know, you've talked about how it's a, there's classic and there's a lot of events for the players to partake in, but I, you know, I, I would just, as a player in that room, I'd feel really uncomfortable with a day off tomorrow without skating. I, I wouldn't, I, I know that there's sometimes bigger things in, in, in the team about what you're doing and being in the community, but I, I would, I would, I would have requested my captain to find some ice time and for us to practice. Like I, I really feel strongly about that. Um, this isn't one of those ones where you, you, we just got to walk away and not think about it for a couple of days. I think you need to. I think you need to face it. I think they've done the walk away. I think it's it's time to to and not to stitch. They haven't faced it, but get on the ice and sort this out. Watch video and sort it out. Spend time together doing what you need to do. Because the answers are in there. Like, they, they, there's no one coming. No one's coming. Well, I guess Connor McDavid. But other than that, there's there's no magical trade or, or a change of coaching or a new GM. It, this is, you are the solution. Um, so I, I would feel uncomfortable the day off t- tomorrow. I really would if I was on the team. Mm-hmm. It's not one of their CBA mandated days off, but um, there's a lot of commitments um, in building up this Heritage Classic. And so I think, you know, the players will be doing their part to sort of get ready yeah. for that. But uh, my understanding is that there there isn't a isn't a, a skate. Um, so the next we'll hear from the players will be Saturday when they get down to Commonwealth Stadium and get out on the ice. Um, let's head this one off at the pass, and we will discuss it in our Ask Us Anything segment. Stanley Cup expectations not ever anywhere close to to playing the way they need to yet in a system that debatable how much it's working. People are going to start asking about Jay Woodcroft and his job because it just happens in this market. That's just the way it is here. And the questions are going to come in on the stream here, Struds. I'll go first here and all. This is what I think the situation will be. I don't think we're in that territory yet. I don't think we're too close to that territory yet. I think this group is going to be given the time, McDavid to get healthy, for them to try and sort it out. I think it's shown that when they're on, that they're good enough. They can dig themselves out of a pretty big hole by being as good a team as they can be. So I think we are well into November before we're realistically having that discussion. I think it's premature. It's out there, and expectations are high, so take it as a compliment, I guess. That's my sense of it, is that it's premature to be having that discussion, but people are going to want to. You know, Jay's done nothing but win since he's arrived here. I think he's pushed a lot of the right buttons. Um, he's solved issues before, and I would expect he's, he can solve this again. Um, you know, just just the idea of after a year and a half to to change him out when they've had quite a bit, you know, a bit of success with them, the most they've had of any coach in recent history. I, I just, I, I just, 
I'd have a real hard time believing. I'm going to have to see a lot, a lot more um, games like tonight before I start getting even, even thinking down that path. They're at seven now. You get, I mean, you double this up. And if their winning percentage is similar after 15, 18, 20 yeah. games, could be completely different discussion. Um, but we're, we're a ways away from that. And um, this team has a lot better hockey in it than it showed so far. I like your point, though. He has solved problems before. And uh, we'll see, man. But the pressure's on. And so it should be, quite frankly. Yeah. That was Takeaways, brought to you by Martin Motorsports. Very brief break. And then Strutty's World and Ask Us Anything is on the way. Stick with us. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit redefinedhealth.com. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park in Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a z.ca. If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Mention Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> I'm not sure how much Oiler fan is going to appreciate the content of tonight's Strutty's World. But Strutty is a lover of the game and in particular of defensemen. So, Oiler fan, just indulge him for a couple of minutes for Strutty's <laughs> World. Brought to you by Pathfind. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Pathfind is there to help you find your next star player. To help take your business to the next level, they help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching as well. They have your whole team covered. They've got your company's back. Find your organization's path forward at pathfind.ca on a night where another team's top defenseman picked the Oilers apart, Strutty. Go ahead and heap all sorts of praise onto a guy that Oil fan is just hating right now. Adam Fox. Adam Fox is an absolute stud defenseman. I love going to a game or watching a game on TV and just kind of, you know, obviously you know the players and their names, but trying to like not look at the numbers and just kind of see who your eyes are drawn to. Um, you know, last year I, I saw with Noah Gregor a few times, my eyes are drawn towards him. Obviously, Connor McDavid and Leon, those guys. But Adam Fox is such a subtly 
great player that I, I think for a lot of fans, they don't appreciate how good he is. Um, he's the slowest guy on the ice. And I, and I say that with the utmost respect. He is not the fastest skater. But he is so calm with the puck. It is unbelievable. Um, he scored the first power play goal one timer and 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 nice goal. And, and but he was setting up the power play. It was looking good. But I want to talk about the second goal that they scored. So uh, Dylan Holloway goes and gets the puck. Uh, he's the first guy back. Gets it around the hash marks to the right of Skinner. Um, you know, instead of going from strong side to weak side, he decides to go back up the wall. He goes up the wall. And it's kind of squeaks out, and it gets to Adam Fox. Adam Fox is on his backhand facing the uh, on the wall. And instead of throwing it back up the wall uh, from the red line into the zone, he does a quick little backhand pass right into the middle of the ice to, I believe it was Vessi, who then steps over the line and passes back to Schneider and scores. That backhand pass is makes it look so easy that most people don't even talk about it. We haven't even talked about it on this podcast. I It was circled on my notepad. How great of a pass that was. It was a beautiful thing, and he does it all the time. His deception and his quick little pop passes are amongst the best in the league, I believe. He is so underrated. Now, I know Oilers fans don't want to hear it, but if I'm the Oilers, I'm showing Evan Bouchard those types of plays. This is what one of the, the most deceptive players in the league does. And Evan Bouchard is not exactly the fastest skater either, but the, the, the intelligence of Adam Fox, the deception, the awareness and what what he does with the puck shogger is elite, elite, elite. They've got a good yeah. defense there, really good defense. But having that guy there playing whatever he played tonight, 20, I think they all played twenty minutes. I mean, it wasn't that hard of a night. But my God, is he good? I know what your eyes saw, but I loved what I saw. And I've every time I see him yep. play, I always think the same thing. Yeah, there was some chatter about him in the, in the press box tonight for sure. And you know, you you watch these guys from the Eastern Conference play on TV a lot. And it just yeah. shows a difference when you actually have them roll through your building and you get a chance to watch them in person. It, it definitely gives you a different perspective. I've always thought that he was a good player. And and obviously he's, you know, accolades and such. And then you see him tonight and you can watch him in greater detail. And a lot of the stuff that you're pointing out, I think you're bang on. What do you think of this Rangers team, man? It's a, it's a pretty good team. Like Blake Wheeler floating around on your, what, third line and, and Lafreniere, yeah. if he figures it out. Finally, I mean, this is not a t you know, we know what the goaltending situation is when they're not throwing their backup at you. Uh, pretty pretty yeah. damn good team that he's part of. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I mean I follow the Rangers pretty closely. I, I like I think after the Oilers, the Leafs, um, then the Rangers are probably the team I follow the next closest. Uh I I just have a lot of good memories of there. So I've been reading a lot of comments about Blake Wheeler's, you know, not playing well. Well, there's another guy. I thought my eyes are drawn to him tonight. I thought he had a really good game. Looks different in number 17 um, than I think 26 he was uh, with Winnipeg. But he looked good. You know, uh, Nick Bonino just putting a clinic on in the faceoff dot. Uh, mm -hmm. Just subtle. Nick just subtly gets it done. Uh, but the D-men, I mean, you've got Truba, you've got Schneider, you've got uh, Keandre Miller, um, the, uh, Lindgren. They've got so many good defensemen, all pretty big, all pretty physical. Um, and they did it. It's a good job on the owners' force tonight. Like they, they are a good team. So, you know, I don't know, you know, where they stack up. You know, in the East with the others, like I think they're up there with everybody else, and it, I think there's a bit of a mosh pit there. But yeah, I, I really like their D. And when Shisterkin's in the pipes, buddy, he's one of the best oh. in the league. So gives you a chance just off of that. Gives you a chance. Yeah, no kidding. All right, that was Strutty's world. Brought to you by Pathfind. All right. 
Final segment of the night. Uh, man, we've had tons of action on the YouTube stream tonight. And we appreciate that. So, Zuby, bring yourself in here. We'll get ready to roll for Ask Us Anything, brought to you by the Shark of the Park, Rini Buclan of Maxwell, Devonshire Realty. Roll that music. Home is a feeling, and one of the biggest investments you will ever make. Rini takes on a select number of clients only, so they have more personalized service. <laughs> See why she was rated the number one individual agent this past year with her skilled negotiations and five-star client satisfaction serving Sherwood Park, Edmonton, and surrounding area. Call Rini, 780-994-0280. That is Rini Buclan, Shark of the Park. Rini. Uh, Zuby, how's the stream tonight? Is it is there sanity? Is it mayhem? From what I've seen, it looks like a little bit of both. I hear a lot of higher Babcock. Which, it, you know, <laughs> there's what? one guy. We got a new guy in the stream. He keeps he keeps putting the same message: hire Bab- Babcock, hide your phones, um, or something <laughs> to that end. So funny. There, hey, there. You know You've what? I'll tell you. A couple of good comments here that I noted, and I think uh, the Oiler fan finding taking some solace and a little bit of sarcasm and humor. JL says that motivational speaker the team hired during preseason really worked. LOL. Uh, Kent Gregory says, I say a four-week captain skate next fall. And Sh- and Shane Matheson, this is pretty funny. More F-bombs than third-period goals so far this year. So <laughs> That's a good one. Pretty That's good. That's a really good one. Uh, it might be in the running for the old United <laughs> yeah. Sport and Cycle gem of the night. I think so. Um, on the system issue, and I know you guys talked about this a little bit, but there, there's, a, there's an ongoing discussion on the stream, too, of like system versus just be it being the players. Lucas says, definitely a system issue. Again, this team scored the most goals last season, and they're not scoring. Uh, Kay says, these big errors are players making the, the errors, not the system. It's individual screw-ups. Uh, Freezer Bag says, it's not the system. It's bad decisions. How do you guys yeah. It's chicken. <laughs> Got a chicken and yeah. egg here. There are lots of individual mistakes that are happening, and those are what Jay Woodcroft is consistently pointing to, Struds, yeah. right? In defending his system, you know, basically saying through the first five games, there's only one goal against that he would view as a system breakdown. Yet here we are, seven games in, and the inner slot has been a mess uh, in terms of shots against. And so something is not working within the system. Uh, but again, uh, you know, how far are they away from figuring this out and then it actually turns into something that is a positive for them? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly don't know. The stats I'm having trouble with reconciling with what the head coach is saying and then you see on the ice, I mean, clearly there are issues, right? They're getting The other team starts circling. As soon as they start making the orders have to change, as soon as there's switches, they seem to be getting lost in some of these switches. So I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, it's. I mean, if if we knew, I, I would both probably be coaching the Oilers, right? It's it's a very difficult thing, but I keep going back. There's individual um, defensive skills that at times are breaking down for the Oilers. Now that might be because they are trying to figure out where they're supposed to be on the ice and and how they're supposed to defend um, because of the slight change. But you know, at the end of the day, it's you know, it's it's a zone type thing. So you kind of look after your area. It's not crazy I, I want people to understand this isn't a, a new idea or something that is way out there i, I remember I, I played against a coach that had a rotating box for a uh 
a penalty kill. So if you can envision, you know, what they used to do in a box, they'd put four guys in, you know, and, and what he wanted is constantly rotating. So they would, it would put pressure on the other team. Well, it looked like a merry-go-round and everyone else just step outside, just passing the puck around. It was a disaster. Yeah. And, and this guy was trying to reinvent the game. It's not Jay Woodcroft. He's not trying to reinvent the game. There are other teams in the NHL who play this system now. Uh, so, or this type of system. So, uh, man, I, I would, I, I'd like to see uh, some hard practices with this in it, um, and give it a couple more games and see where you're at. Zuby. Um, still on that, uh, but a little bit of a different angle. Bob's your uncle says the Oilers changed D zone focus to funnel pucks to the walls then out, but this seems to have slowed their D zone exit speeds. Do you see that these systems, there's some other comments to that end too. Are, are the D zone systems affecting offensive output indirectly? I mean, they're more collapsed in in and around their own net, but they're still supposed to pursue and try and create turnovers. And, I mean, the whole idea is to keep it to the outside, but you still have a guy on the puck carrier trying to generate turnovers and such. I don't know, Struds, if you're if you're collapsed a little bit further in, does it mm-hmm. a little little slower out of the gate heading the other way? Well, yeah, because you have to skate further, right? Yeah. You know, that, I think that's you're, – you're not, you're not now – you know, feet away from the blue line, maybe you're 10 or 15, 20 feet from the blue line. Now, 20 might be a bit exaggeration, but um, there, there is an adjustment period for having to figure it out, right? To, to, to how to, to adjust to what you're doing. But let's say, let's say the right winger or the right D gets possession of the puck and he hits it to the winger, the right winger, that left wing should be slashing through. It needs to be gone because as soon as you put pressure, that backs off their D. And now it, hopefully it's easier for either the winger, the right winger, or the center to get that puck and take it out. So, um, you know, fitting all the pieces together isn't 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 quite as easy when it, when it's not just one thing, right? It's not just it's it, it all fits together, and they they kind of got to sort that out. Um, popular fan theory. I know you guys probably uh, have seen you know a couple of guys down in Bakersfield uh, get a few points uh, in their early games to start the season, and and I know this has popped up. And Kay says specifically, the roster management on this team is an absolute zoo. There are three players on the farm that would contribute at least offensively. Yeah, the roster. Hey, Struddy. I mean, and this makes it hard for Jay Woodcroft from an accountability standpoint. I mean, he literally can't sit anybody except a defenseman. I mean, you're playing 11 and 7 here, and and I mean, how do you sit forwards, right? And you can play dry side on those guys 26 minutes a night, so you, you got to try and get everybody – like. His hands are tied in some ways that are not ideal right now, I would say. Yeah, and I you know, I get it. I do get the idea of sitting guys, and I, I think there needs to be some accountability. But some in-game benchings even. Yeah, I think that's the bigger that it's just a, a notice. You know what? Player X is not playing in the third period. Right. I think that that I mean, you, you three weeks ago, this team was being hailed as a potential Stanley Cup contender. Yeah. And now here we are seven games in and there's or whatever yeah seven games and there's nothing it's 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 the opposite so the blueprint is there for this team to have success it's not having success now so i don't think you can just go in there smashing everybody and just you know setting everybody out and, and all that but i think you can have selective um and precise benchings at different times to get guys idea because a benching you know especially a guy who is not used to it or never happened it's a it's an embarrass it's embarrassing for them and I think that's that's a great motivator because it's like, whoa, you're pissed off. And I think 
most people play better when they're pissed off. Yeah. A couple more, Zoobs. Um, Nate Hay 77 says, McDavid Dreisaitl hid the team's warts the last few years. Do you agree with that? Well, I mean, the team, they, I mean, they to the third round, the second round, they lost to the Stanley Cup champion. I mean, I, I think you got to be, you know, that's a pretty negative statement, I think, to say suggest that those two guys covered up everything. Um, I, I understand where you're coming from, but there's a lot of other teams that didn't make it that far, right? And it's it's not just two guys. Um, it takes more than that to get it done. Were there some areas that they can improve on? Yes, every team can, unless you win a Stanley Cup, Shogger. I just think of that stretch of hockey after the trade deadline, how good they were. And they weren't just, I mean, I mean yeah. David and Drysaddle weren't covering anything up at that point. They were just defending really well. I mean, yeah. they just they they just didn't give up a lot. They defended really well. I think they gave up, it was either six goals in their last seven games or seven yeah. goals in their last six games. I can't remember. But they, I mean, it, it defensively it kind of fell apart in the playoffs. Like they started giving up some heavy, heavy goals against in the postseason. But they've shown the level that they can get to and part of that is a defensively pretty conscientious team. That just feels like it's a million miles away right now, quality-wise, from what they're doing. And maybe part of it, like Matias Ekholm is having trouble finding his game right now. He's having he, he's not up, he's not anywhere near where he was when he first stepped into Oilers Silks last year. Not even anywhere near. But he had no training camp, he had no exhibition games, and he stepped into a, a difficult situation here. I mean, he's not a super young spring chicken anymore. So, you know, him not being where he needs to be, he's got to worry about himself, let alone insulating other guys. And then you got some other guys that are off to slow starts here. There's there's a combination of things going on with individual players that are big time contributing to the big picture here too. Well, yeah. You know, I I think that I I expected more actually coming out. I made the comment. I thought that, you know, it's he should have been – I didn't expect him to be at this level. I thought he'd come out better. Then he got yeah. uh, Brown, another guy who was trying to find his game. And then there's just the general, it's like everyone's in a funk at the same time, right? Everyone's just in a funk. And, and I guess the good news is that there's, you know, everyone's struggling. Um, the bad news is that you're quickly falling behind other teams that are that are running away with your division, namely the, the Vegas Golden Knights. So, you know, I think that there's a way out of this. Um, but I don't think that, you know, just saying everything's okay anymore. I don't, I don't think that that really is the answer. I think, you know, to, to use your, I, I think there gotta be some anger. Yeah. There's gotta be some intensity and practices and anger, um, and come out with a, 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 an attitude of just, we're pissed. We've had enough. That was Ask Us Anything, brought to you by the Shark of the Park, Rini Buclan of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. All right. What, hang on. One more, one more quick one. Oh, oh, look at you stepping in, yeah. making Th- big decisions for the podcast, Zuby. Quick, quick one from JL. Who gets the net on Sunday in the Heritage Classic? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was just thinking this. I wish we could just be debating who should be in the net. I missed the goalie <laughs> debates from last year. You missed being wrong about the goalie debates and from only having year. that. I, I would have been great to from have it. Who gets the start? Man. Jack Campbell gets the start. Why would you go back to Skinner? Campbell played pretty well in a loss his last yeah. outing. Skinner yeah. played whatever in a loss in his last. I mean, standard needs to be somebody. Yeah, like, they want someone to save a game. Keep giving the other guy the chance then until someone does. The first guy that saves a game for his team gets back-to-back starts. 
I don't think either. Well, I mean, I don't think either one has played bad. I, I yeah, I'd probably go Campbell. I guess neither but. one's been the solution yet, though. And I think it's reasonable to yeah. ask somebody yeah. to be a solution yeah. uh, at some point. That fair point. Yeah, right? I guess I'll go Campbell. See, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not. To be honest, I'm not sure it really makes a difference right now. I'm more concentrated on the skaters in front of them. Um, but for that goalie, it's a special start to get. It's a home outdoor game. Zuby, that was a good ad, actually. We did need to discuss yeah. that. So good job, bud. Appreciate that. All right, Gem of the Day brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sport. Definitely your home for hockey. Sticks and skates, masks and pads. They can get you outfitted and ready to dominate on the ice. Go and visit them in store or check out their extensive collection of gear. Try before you buy, get fitted for new equipment or get a current piece of equipment repaired. They do it all. www.unitedsport.ca. I mean, I like Rob Brown joining in on the phone line. Um, I think that was awesome that Brownie did that after he, he did two post game shows tonight. <laughs> so he gets honorable mention tonight. But uh, I don't know, Struds. I think we probably both agree it's on the easy. gem of the night came late. It's not. It's not even a question. Like that is. Uh, we needed a little bit of levity. And what was the guy's name? Who again? was the from? from life? That was Shane Mathis. Shane Matheson. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought it was that other guy. Read yeah. it again. Do you have it still? <laughs> yeah, Shane Matheson said more f bombs than third period goals this year. Yeah. Bang. That's just where things are at, folks. High level of frustration. I have to tell you. It felt different in that locker room tonight than it had after previous losses. The frustration is mounting. The pressure is mounting. Players had a little chat. We'll see what they bring to the rink on Sunday night, Struts. If we're talking anything to do with effort, yeah. after this game, they're hosting a Heritage Classic. Center stage. They want to use it as a rallying point. They'll have family in town, friends in town. It'll be an event. We cannot be discussing effort Sunday night on the podcast, ready. We can't. I'll tell you what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about, I believe, the Oilers will win 5-1. McDavid, three points. Lock it. Write that down, Zuby. Write that in my diary. Or is it your diary? Whoever diary. Write in someone's diary. I'll record this part. I'll, I'll clip it yeah. for sure. We'll play it back. Thank you. Also, so FYI, just... Connor McDavid to be playing. Yeah. Three point night. Wow, yeah. I like that. That's a bold prediction this year. The guy just skated once. It's what I do. It's what you I do. Throw him out on the ice for the first time on outdoor ice with a hip or back or something injury. Yeah, yeah. Three points, guys. Write that one down. I love it. We'll see. We'll have to do a retroactive gem of the night if that ends up happening. Oh. I might. That might be my last podcast ever. If, I, if I'm right, <laughs> I'll just drop it. Yeah. We're uh, study. He quit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He'll never be right again. <laughs> Struddy, we do have some unfinished business we need to discuss. We'll save this for the next podcast. But if everybody recalls Struddy's world talking about the whole crock pot and what a genius oh, he is cooking and stuff, pot. right? You remember Artist. that one? Well, I had a little chat with Shona, and the Strudwick family views his, his crock pot accomplishments dramatically different <laughs> than he does. They're haters. They're haters. They don't understand good high I was cuisine. Stunned to bring that up with yeah. your family, and Shona talked about it like she was, she was like she actually did that. They don't so, understand high cuisine. 
We're going to dig into your lack of awareness here uh, on a night where we've got a little more room for levity. That'll wrap the podcast. Ubi, good job back there, my man. Strutty, nice work. Brownie, thank you. Huge thanks to you for joining us on the live stream. And if you're listening on the podcast apps, thank you kindly. Uh, Make sure you download and subscribe. That way you'll get notifications every time we got fresh content out. Enjoy the Heritage Classic, and we will talk to you on Sunday night. Big thanks to our title sponsors, Phil and the great crew at Sherwood Buick GMC. Have a good one.